Hi, this is Jack Tester, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Lounge. It's a beautiful January day here in St. Paul. It's 39 degrees, which is a treat for us here. And I have the pleasure of sitting across the desk from one of my favorite people, Ed Carrier. How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jack. Ed, for those who don't know, is our marketing manager. Is that your title now? Yes. All right. And when I first met you, Ed, was in 2006. I had come back to Nextar as a business coach, and you were already here. You had just got here the year before. Right. And you were Nextar's first marketing coach, but your title was marketing strategist. Right. Right? So what I want to talk about is your journey as a marketer in this industry. Okay. Because you have been very instrumental in, in, in kind of our marketing uh, sophistication growing here at Nextar. And I think as our, your sophistication grew and knowledge of marketing grew, so did ours. Mm-hmm. And I look at where we are at, as an organization today and where our members are from a marketing perspective, and, and your fingerprint's all over it. So thank you, Ed. Well, thank you. A so, nice thing to say. Yeah. But it wasn't always that way, Ed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, let me like, – I'm going to share a few things before we get into yeah. you because, you know, I, I had the, the, the privilege of, of being here in the early days in Nextar. And one of the things our members always said was, you got to help me get the phone ringing. And I always felt behind the eight ball running what was then called Contractors 2000 because we really, you know, we started out of our, the genesis of Nextstar was really about converting time material contractors to flat rate and bringing professionalism to the trade. That was kind of the first, um, if you want to call it, uh, area of expertise that Nextstar had in the early days. Mm-hmm. Certainly wasn't marketing yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And members always wanted more, and we didn't know what to do. And, and I remember we had, I always felt a sense of angst running this organization. Uh, today, I don't, right? You've done a great job, Ed. Well, thank I'll you. I'll say that again. Yeah. So um, I feel great about that. But um, So tell me, let's talk about your journey before you came to Nexar, very briefly, so people don't know. Okay. Tell us about uh, your um, your marketing background prior to coming to yeah. Nexar. Yeah, uh, good. Thank you. Um, it really has two parts. I started in advertising in the uh, mid-1980s. And I work for a very large ad agency in New York. It's an international agency, actually, uh, huge. Um, Campbell Soup was my client. Okay. And then I moved to another agency in New York, and I worked on Johnson & Johnson uh, ibuprofen pain reliever product. So um, Pharmaceuticals. That started your, <laughs> right start, up my started your journey there in your pharmaceutical <laughs> world. <laughs> right. right. It, uh, yeah, that was a great experience. So – and then um, – <laughs> And then I did a couple of other things in New York. I worked on Braun, um, which makes household products yeah. and blenders and things like that, men's um, styling all products. All in New York City? Yeah, all in New York City. And then I moved to Minneapolis, and I worked for another— Did you have a degree in marketing yet? Yeah, I do. I got my degree in marketing from New York University, okay. um, and that's my MBA. So you got an MBA in marketing. Yeah. So you were a classically trained marketer yeah. working for classic marketing companies, yeah. brand yeah. products, and, right? And doing big advertising campaigns, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Okay. Yeah. That's what you did. Yeah, yeah. And then when I moved to Minneapolis um, in the early 90s, I worked for what was then the largest ad agency here. So I liked working for large ad agencies, obviously. That was a good fit. I uh, worked on some, again, big national brands, Hostess, Wonder Bread, Land Lakes, General Mills, Things of that nature. That's what you did here yeah. locally in the Twin Cities. Yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of what's referred to as consumer packaged goods. Okay. Yeah. Which is, you know, anyway. So now, so how did you get to Nextstar? Yeah. So, that, so, that's the, so that's the first part of my marketing journey. Okay. And then the second part is uh, when I felt kind of a need for a change from advertising. Felt a little burned out. 
Um, I started my own consulting firm. And that's a big, that's a, it's a consuming job, isn't it? It's a lot of hours. In advertising, yeah, yeah. You know, the thing about being, so I was what's known as an account executive. I was the person that was closest to the client and needed to know their business the best and their challenges and so forth. But I also interacted with all the internal folks at the agency, creative people, media, so forth and so on. And so because I was the closest person to the client on many, most days, a daily basis, um, what I came to realize is that the account department are the dogs that get kicked. You were the dog. I was the dog. I was the dog in this scenario because – what would happen is the clients are under extraordinary pressure, you know, profit pressure and, and, you know, to deliver ROI and so forth and so on. And when the pressure would become too much, they looked for an outlet. And we were the ones that were there most days. I remember that. Yeah. And we're spending, we're helping them invest a lot of their money in something that's hard for them to get their arms around, to understand, to really appreciate and figure out what, whether it's working or not, which is things like television commercials. Yeah. Well, it's true. So it's even in a big business, Campbell's Soup or Wonder Bread or whatever these people, you know, when, when sales are off in our industry, we feel like we've got to, we got to market more, right? right? The first thing we do is we've got to market more. And then it's kind of a fire drill. Right. And, it, and it's comforting to know that even the biggest, baddest among the marketers in the world had a fire drill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And typically. And it typically probably didn't work either, did it? Yeah. Well, so instead of marketing, well, they might market more, but their knee jerk reaction is to find a new agency. Oh, so the sales are off. It's your fault. Right. right. The dog that you, you, got you get where this is going. I do. Yeah. And then, of course, I suppose you're getting kicked from the people in your own agency about what the client was asking them to do, right? Um, yeah. You know, the creatives can be difficult no. at times. Yeah. No. Yeah. The guy in the ponytail and the yeah, right. pajama bottoms. Right. Yeah, yeah. That guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's, you're working with all these different personalities and a lot of strong personalities. Um, but, but so anyway, the, the second part of my journey was I, I opened my own consulting firm. Uh, I worked with companies of all sizes and shapes, lots of different kinds of projects. But that's where I started getting introduced. Was that like to, a midlife crisis? Why would you go into your own business then, Ed? Yeah, you could call it that. Um, I was a, maybe slightly young for a midlife crisis. I had early midlife crisis. <laughs> I've seen several since I've known you. <laughs> yeah, it keeps right. Yeah. So, um, but I just it was a need for change. I think okay, a little okay. bit of need for control. I got it. But what, what ended up happening? So what happened was I was working at this ad agency here in Minneapolis, and I learned a lot about the business because of that was the, the nature of that agency. Biz, the agency business. Yeah, the, no, the clients' the businesses. Clients business. Okay. So instead, so I grew up learning how an ad agency works and developing creative and all that. What I learned when I, my 10 years here at an ad agency in Minneapolis was the broader world of business. Okay. Got it. That's what allowed me to open my own got firm. It. Got it. And that's when I started, I was working with some big clients some very large clients, but also smaller clients. And that's when I started learning a different side to marketing. Okay. You know, working with small businesses. Got it. I also was teaching um, at two universities here, the University of St. Thomas and Metro State, and I was teaching both graduate and undergraduate levels. So again, I'm interacting with these students, and they're working at all different kinds of companies, and, and I'm broadening my experiences, my right. knowledge, my, my, under, my understanding of, yeah. of, of marketing. And that's what really prepared me, I think, to, and felt, gave me the confidence to come into Nexstar. Right. So you were, you would, you'd run your own agency for a while and, and doing some, you're an adjunct professor, yep. is that right? Yes, at, exactly. At, at two universities yeah. teaching marketing. Yes. Right? Yep. yep. And of course, now Nextar wants to hire somebody that's teaching our members how to market. Right. And think about marketing. Right. So you saw an ad in a 
paper or something? Yeah, I saw an ad for a marketing coach. And yeah. it was actually, it was a, a friend of mine sent it to me, a lady who I used to work with. Yeah. And she said, this sounds like you. Really? Yeah. And I wasn't even really looking for to go back onto the staff of a company. And I read the job description. And I thought, wow, this is, you know, coaching and training and yeah. teaching. And boy, this really does sound like me. Yeah. And it sounds like a fun company. Right. And, and interesting work. What year was this? This, so I was hired in 2005. 2005. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tired of me returning to Nextra. Just, so yeah, the year before. And, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, very cool. So you, you came to Nextstar, and you brought this depth of marketing experience. Right. And I imagine it was just so easy for you to apply this immediately to home services, right? Uh, absolutely. Because um, probably 80, maybe 90% of the conversations I had in my early years were yellow pages. Okay. And I had zero experience. In fact, if you think about it, who would ever know how to do Yellow Pages advertising? You know, I mean, there's some people that are self-proclaimed experts out there. Yeah. But it's, it's hard to kind of study this stuff. Um, I, did a, I did ultimately find a conference that I went to, and I found a book and some things that helped me. But so, again, I had to kind of so learn a lot of skills. And then truck graphics. You know, this is a okay. whole new area that I'd never had never given any thought to, had no training in, no experience in. Um, so, you know, it was like another big learning curve. And then, of course, learning the industry. So the, what, what's interesting to me, Ed, is to have this conversation. I, I think that, that you know, you're, you had as much marketing background as probably anybody did, you know, coming into an organization, you know, MBA in marketing, mm-hmm. smart guy, worked for a lot of big agencies, you know, been a marketer your whole career, right. never did anything else. It right. wasn't like you were a somebody that fell into it. You, you chose this path early in life, right? right? And you came in here. Um, what were you, what, if you look back to your first year, and but the reason I'm asking this question is as I, as I want new marketers to reflect on this. What did you think you knew but didn't, and what was harder than you thought at that time? Looking back, what would you do different? I, I, maybe that's another way to say it. Yeah, well... So one thing that that comes to mind is having grown up in ad agencies and with national companies with big budgets, I was accustomed to creating customized advertising. So, you know, uh, uh, my clients in advertising would come to me and they'd say, we need a new ad, a new ad campaign or something. We, we, you know, have this whole team that would develop it and then this whole team that would produce it and then this whole team that would figure out, you know, get placement in, in, uh, on television, in the radio, magazines, whatever it is. Lots of resources and lots of money. And so members would come to me and we would be talking and I'd say, well, we need to do an ad. They'd say, how do I do that? I said, well, you have to hire an ad agency. You have to spend all this money. Yeah, they're going to film it in Vancouver. Yeah, and and then, you know, crickets, right? Because members weren't used to that kind of idea. But this is what I grew up in. Probably at that time they didn't have that money. Right. They didn't have that money. They didn't have that kind of time. They didn't right. know how to get it done. I'm a coach, so I can't spend – I can't be there doing it for them. Right. So, you know, that's when – you know, when Marla, my first uh, manager, who, the lady who hired me, came to me and we were talking in, in, in I guess it was my – later my second year. We started thinking about how to deal with this. That's when the campaign library was kind of born out of that. 
where we were able to develop plug and what we refer to now as plug and play advertisements ads that we we create for members everything from stickers at magnets at one end of the spectrum all the way up to television and radio commercials and billboards at the other end that members can just that we create um, use their dues money invested right. in ad agencies do the work for them do the thinking for so them and then give them finish right. give them finished templates this was an idea that was wildly just i'd never heard of this before and it was hard for me at first i got it it was you, really you thought hard you had to invent or just do your own thing because that's what you always did it didn't feel right yeah and now looking back on it that campaign library is one of the proudest achievements of my whole career yeah just for people who don't know if you go to our site you can there's, there's so many different plug and play ad campaigns and templates and ideas and and marketing guides which maybe we'll talk about yeah. that there's are right there well over 700 individual pieces yeah that yeah. started in development in 2007 i think it was yes right? yeah we, we launched them in the spring of 2007 so right. we would have started at the very end of 2006 yeah yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's interesting, Ed, is is I was now I'm now I'm along you, along with you for this journey, and I'm right. observing what's going on. And I remember the marketing system, the first marketing system, your kind of debut as a as a marketer for Nextstar mm-hmm. was a great effort. It was a great effort, right? right? Emphasis on the some, word effort. It had some, <laughs> had some, as I reflect on it, it had some misses, right? What, as you think back to, because I I think it's illustrative for. For, you, for us to hear what a marketer thinks is the first thing they need to do before they truly get this business. And now, Ed, I will say this. You are this industry. You know it, right? But I've, I'm, I'm interested in your perspective then. Yeah. Well, thank you for the compliment. And you're right. Um, Last one I'm going to give you. Know, you know, we, 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 we use an expression a lot at Nextstar, you know, he didn't know. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. Yeah. And I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. So I, here I come out of a world of product advertising. Yeah. You know, I'm marketing things that are in packages. Tangible that, things. Ta- ex- thank right. you. That's exactly yeah. the word I was going to go. Tangible products. And so I come to Nextstar, and we're going to build out this mark. What we At the time, we referred to as the marketing system, and now we've shifted on this now, the campaign library. Right. <clears throat> and my brain really just went to product advertising. So our first year, we started building ad campaigns for tankless water heaters and sump pumps and garbage disposals and programmable thermostats and all these products because I didn't know the industry. I didn't have the fundamentals down. And, and, um, and so that was, you know, looking back on it, uh, the way I just, I can't help but think over and over, it's, I didn't know what I didn't know. That's right. Yeah, I had to learn it. Right. Yeah. Right. And there was a lot to learn in this industry, and some of it I learned kind of on my own, and some a lot of it I learned working with you. Yeah. 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 So you've so you started kind of with a product mindset. Yes. Exactly. Even though we're selling service and maintenance and replacement, and and we can't begin to know what the consumers are going to need in their home when that mail piece lands necessarily. Right. right? Yeah. You know what was really foreign to me, Jack? What's that? Is that the idea of making the phone ring? When I first started hearing members talk about that, that was such a foreign idea to me, that their customers, their cli- their clients are coming to them one person at a time, and they can identify them. They're going to look at them face-to-face. They're going to go into their homes. When you're working on Campbell Soup or Citibank or General Mills, they're selling to hundreds of thousands, maybe a million or more people every single day are buying super cereal 
right? And Campbell's Soup never really looks these and people not, in the And eye. that's not sold by a person, right? right? So it's, it's all volume. It's not individual transactions. And so that, again, was a huge learning curve for me, transition for me. The idea of one customer at a time, the idea of every day making the phone ring. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so now, you know, you, you, a, a marketer comes into a, a, a member shop. A member decides to hire a marketer. Right. And, and they just don't promote someone from within who, who kind of raises their hand. They say, I'm going to go hire a classically trained marketer, a, a, a younger Ed Carrier, as an example, right. or just maybe Ed Carrier, right? Um, what would you tell that member to watch out for? Oh boy, you know, you know what's challenging. Well, the first because not because they're bad people, right? Yeah, not, not... yeah. Well, so there's a couple of things. One thing I w- I have told a number of members is be cautious of getting somebody too young in an effort to save money. If it's time and you have the, 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 the capacity and, you, and the business is ready to have a full-time marketing person, get somebody that's really going to help you. Somebody that's right out of school, everything they know they've read in a book, but they haven't actually done anything yet. And it takes time. And they haven't worked in an office. And they don't right. understand all the dynamics of working in an office, interacting with other people. They don't understand this industry. So the, learn, the learning curve for anybody is going to be steep you know, learning the industry alone. But you want somebody, I think, that's, that's seasoned, that has the capability of learning, the confidence, that has a base to build on. The other thing I would tell members is think carefully about what you want this person to do because marketing is so vast and it's very difficult to find somebody that, can, that is great at everything. So as uh, two examples. So in marketing, you need to have a plan. Right? We want every member to have a marketing plan. We run marketing planning workshops. We've got the marketing planning wizard, all these tools because this, we want to facilitate this. And some people are really great at writing the plan, at thinking about the plan, at figuring out all the pieces of the puzzle. And then other people really aren't great at that, but they're really great at implementing, keeping all the plates spinning. So it's important to figure out if, if, you, if you had to choose one if you had to choose one, which would be the most important one for your business? It's not to say that somebody over time couldn't grow and be great at both, but at least initially. And then the advice. other, the other, sorry? That's good advice. Yeah, and thank I, you. I, I get that. I've seen that. Not, yeah. not here, but I've seen that in my life. Right. And you right. and I have had these conversations yeah. about this over the years. And then the other, um, two, the, the other spectrum is creative. So there are some people that are very, very creative. They're good at design. They're good at picking images and colors. They're, they, they're good at writing or judging writing. And then there are other people at the other end of the spectrum that are just good at implementing. They're good at you know managing the work of printers and managing budgets and timelines. They're more production-oriented. So again, initially at the very least, not to say that somebody couldn't grow and be good at both, what's most important to you? Because if we try and get somebody that's great at everything, they may not be great at anything. We may be stretching too far. Got it. Got it. That's good advice. Yeah, thank I hadn't you. thought about that. You know, when you talk about planning, one of the first things you told me, and you you said it with an air of superiority, Ed, which was, <laughs> "There's no such thing as a marketing emergency." Remember you saying well, that? Well, because there isn't. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Um, 
I, you did that. <laughs> you did that as a way to say, "I'm not giving you my cell phone. You don't have to call me on the weekend because there's no such thing as a marketing emergency, Jack." I said, "Okay, that's cool." Well, and I, I, and I, I pushed your nose in it a bunch of times since then. Yeah, yeah. You, you have. And, and honestly, I don't remember exactly what I was thinking when I said that to you, <laughs> you for said- the first time. But 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 here's what I would say today. Okay. If if you have a plan. Right, a marketing like, plan. Right, so like, let's look at members with a plan, without a plan. So if you have a plan, we talked about this in 2007 when we got on stage uh-huh. and we unveiled the mark, what we refer to as the marketing system. This was a key part of what we talked about in that event, which is that if you have a plan, you're proactive, you're organized, you know what you're going to do every day of the year. And granted, things may change, things may evolve, but but you've got a roadmap. If not, you're making it up every day. And, and, if you're, and if you're only being reactive, you are never going to be able to react fast enough every day. And if you're reactive, you're only going to make things good enough. It's never going to be – it's, it's going to be really hard to be great. And I believe, and I, and I think nec- – and I know Nextar believes that just good enough isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you really have to be great. And so – in, in theory, then, if you have a plan, if you're organized, if you've thought everything through, there really shouldn't be any emergencies. I mean, yeah, there might be, you know, there might be one. There might be an opportunity that's got a short time frame that pops up. Right, I get but, that, not, right? but not a daily crisis. Right, right. And you saw that a lot. And I, I think that's great counsel, Ed, because, you know, members always run into slow times in their business. Yeah. And then it's a crisis, right? right. And, I, and I said, was well, this the first February you've ever experienced? You know, do you have anything ready from a marketing perspective well ahead of the time so it's not like, oh, my gosh, I have no calls today. You know, I better start marketing. I'll call Ed up. And then, you know, by the time you execute something, it's, it's four weeks downstream, right? right, right. So um, that, that, that did resonate. I always joked about that, right. Ed. Right. But I think it's great advice, right? Yeah. You know, for marketing, you should really – Endeavor not to have an emergency, which means that you're planning ahead. Right, That exactly. you're ready for the next season. You're ready for the next day. You're ready for – you've got a contingency. You've, you, you know when your deadlines are. So, so often, you know, my yellow – I'm sure you've got this call. My yellow page deadline is 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Can you look at this? Yes. Right? Can you edit? No, that was back when the yellow pages was, was really important. Right? right. But I imagine you got a few of those calls. Oh, all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's the idea. Thank you for bringing that up because I'd forgotten about that. And <laughs> well, I, as long as we're talking, I, I was I was very blissful in my forgotten about that. Go back to your therapist now, huh? Right. right. I'm still thrilled. The old pages is almost dead. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to tell you right now. Yeah. That there's a special place in hell. Yeah. For yellow page marketers, Ed. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to say that. You know, there's two there's two parts of the yellow pages. There's you know the, working with the reps and you know all the negotiations and you know how they manage things, which was horrible. They right. treated members companies horribly. And then there was the creative part, the actually developing the ads. I actually like developing the ads. Yeah. And and I thought that there was so much opportunity because so much yellow page advertising was so bad. Right. So that part was was. Um, was pleasing and satisfying for me, but you know the the parts the the crises because of the way the reps would handle their end of right. the business, and they and they're still largely doing that. They've never they've never figured out how to not be who they are. <laughs> well, it's great not to need them anymore. I yeah, can tell you that it, to the it extent is, that we did. I maybe maybe have two yellow pages conversations a year. Possible. Wow. I mean, like it's almost non-existent. Yeah, it used to be. You know, that I, I got primary placement and now they went to double trucks and right. I'm going to double my advertising right. and should I be in this section of what size and they're just uh, terrible people so mm-hmm. I'm glad they're out of business yeah you know 
it sounds terrible, but yeah, I, yeah. I look, if I look back at, you know, to the health of our industry, and I look back on some of the big changes in 26 years here at Nexstar, and I'm talking about the industry now, the, the rise of daily execution of marketing, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's SEO and pay-per-click, and we all complain about it, has been a boon. Because it used to be, particularly in the plumbing industry, that you'd set 95% of your budget would be yellow pages. Mm-hmm. And you'd set it, and you were stuck. Mm-hmm. You couldn't move that spend. Right. You know, if you lost half your tax or, or you made a, had a bad placement, or you, you were in big trouble. Right. right? There's no getting around it. You couldn't, you couldn't cut. Like right now, if, if, if we're overwhelmed with calls, you can stop your pay-per-click right. and put it on pause. You couldn't do that with yellow pages. Right. You kept paying, you kept paying, you kept paying. Even if it wasn't working, you paid. Yeah. And I saw so many in the early days of Nexstar, so many people go out of business because of um, yellow page advertising mm-hmm. that I look back today at the, the, the better changes in our industry, and that's certainly one of them, yeah. is this idea that brand matters now. Yeah. really matters. It used to be primary placement mattered. Right. And now it's, it's so different, right? Yeah. It, it, you can really be a marketer now in our industry where the consumers aren't going to, to one channel of distribution to find a phone number. They're going to the Internet, and they're doing different things. To, it, it's a, it's, marketing matters now yeah, in a yeah, big way. Yeah. It's just really average. evolved. It really has. Yeah. It's really, it's a, it's a fascinating, it, and it happens slowly. It's a gradual change, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's like, wow, it's it's changed. Right. You know, now I, I and I tell you, as a as a longtime industry person with a lot of battle scars from this, when the yellow pages do come to my house, that's a little bitty book now compared to the big thick utility book that we used to get, yeah. I gleefully throw it in the trash can. Yep. Just gleefully, and, and it's I and I don't know if any other consumer in the world has as much mirth in their life as I do in that moment. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's, a, it's kind of a quasi-Norwegian slam dunk. It feels great when I do it, right? They've just given you so much joy. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've earned it, though, yeah. right? Cover magnet, that was expensive, gone. <laughs> Spine advertising, who cares? Yeah, right. right? Double truck, nah, <laughs> laughing. <laughs> this I do good. the same thing. I don't even take the yellow pages out of the plastic bag. It's just gone. Isn't that even, great? I don't even look at it anymore. Oh, how exciting. You know, and I, there was a time not all that many years ago, well, probably 10, 12 years ago, um, yep. where I would travel and I'd be in a city and, you know, I'd open the drawer and I'd oh, pull out a yellow the time. And, I'd, and I'd look and I'd, oh, what's everybody else doing? Are there any next star members in this book? How, you know, yeah. how does everything look? How does it all stack That's up? That's so true. My first... When I got in my hotel room, as I'd look for the yellow pages, right? I mean, right. it was like a knee jerk. And now it wouldn't even occur to I me. I don't even think about it now that you yep. mentioned it, Ed. Yeah, that is so. Cool. I forgot about that terrible habit. Yeah, right, right. Slam dunk, <laughs> slam dunk. <laughs> right, <laughs> gone. That's good. Bye. That's good. So you're giving some good advice here. I want to get Thank back. You. We had a little scat there, and that Thank was fun. You. And I hope people that have been in this industry for a while um, joined us in that joy. Right, that was yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm going to move away from dancing on that grave, and we're okay. going to talk about something more constructive, I think. Okay. So um, you, you talked about what members should watch out for as they're hiring a marketer. Right. right? That's what, give me some advice for an incoming marketer that doesn't know this industry. So you're, you're coming in. You haven't been in home services. You know, you're, you're hired by a contractor. What would you tell that person who's not a young person with no experience, but there's they're somebody like you coming in? What would you tell them? Yeah. Well, two things right off the bat. One is immerse this person in your business. Have them sit in the call center. Have them go on ride-alongs. Be in every meeting. 
just un- – because this is how you learn this industry. This is how you learn the challenges. How long should that take, Ed, before you become, you know, co- unconsciously competent? Um, you know, it's – it's hard to say when you really get to to full, you know, yep. fifth gear, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the learning curve is going to be really steep. So I would like to think that between that and, and I have one more um, thing I want to say to, to answer your question, um, I would imagine probably in the range of two months to the point where you you, you start to get it. Where you're not just walk around like a zombie, right. right? All these things that I've never done before, stickers and magnets. This whole idea of going into people's homes because most people are going to come in from different industries like I did, and it's going to be very foreign to them. And truck graphics, and and you know the importance of the call center, you know, and and how the people in the call center, when they're on the phone with the customers, they're actually functioning as the marketing department. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, all this stuff is so important. There's so much crossover. You know, between marketing and call center, and even the marketing and the technicians. Yeah. So just understanding understanding their challenges, um, understanding you know how to help uh, salespeople s- develop self generated leads. You know, th- so there's just jumping in with both feet and really okay. learning the business. And then the second thing I would honestly say is call your next door marketing coach. And and the reason is is that we have had this learning curve. I mean, I went through this. And I truly believe I can teach somebody in an hour what took me years to learn. Oh. And what's great is we've written it all down. Yeah. You know, we took the, the all last year, the coaches and myself, and we wrote the, the second official guide to marketing. And we put so much in there, you know, in the front end, one of the first chapters, it's how does marketing work? Yeah. How does tracking work? You know, how do I think about it? How do I do it? Um, you know, the, the, the importance of frequency and creative consistency to help kind of immerse yourself. And then we, we talk a lot about the industry. Right. We talk, there's a whole so section written, really about marketing written. the trades. Okay. So, yeah. So that, so if you're an experienced marketer, you know, you might understand f- frequency and all those right. other marketing terms, right? But you don't know that part. You, you right. don't know frequency as it relates to this industry. Right. But you don't know the industry. And so, you know, applying marketing to, like, let's say heating and air, which is, you know, driven by the seasons, of course. You know, understanding, which, which you know, took me a while. And, and you helped me with this, Jack. When we were working on the first marketing guide, this was a lot of my education, is understanding you've got two pre-seasons, two peak seasons, and two off-peak seasons. And the, we know that these are going to come. We know what we need to do to drive calls in each of those seasons and just market appropriately. Mm-hmm. You know, follow the weather. Okay. And when the weather doesn't behave, you have a contingency plan in place. You know, yeah. you, you've got maintenance plan customers. You've got outbound calling. You're following up on unsold jobs. You're calling last year's customers, repair customers, and you're offering them some amount of money uh, back on the repair that they can apply to, toward new equipment. There's all these things that we can yeah. do, this whole bag of tricks that we've learned because we now know how to apply marketing to this particular industry. That's interesting. Can I share something? Ed? Yeah. Something that 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 I think that that I've learned, and I think I'm going to say this very respectfully that I've had to fight you on. Okay. Over the years, which is marketing something that the company can do well, not something that you think the consumer would want. Now, bear with me for a minute. Okay. Right. Um, you know, we have a, a business model which you know the 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 need we want to market for is a, a service maintenance replacement driven lead. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily an upgrade or an enhancement or something like that. And so often I've, I've felt that uh, marketers want to sell 
kind of fun things or more product again or things that, that kind of take us outside our business model. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And, I've, I, and I've thought, I felt like we've had a lot of conversations around, and you've been very receptive, and I've learned a lot too, so it's not like I've been right. But I, I definitely think that as a marketer, you have to, by under, going in and immersing yourself in the business, you've got to understand what the business can do and do well right. and do profitably, not what a consumer might want to buy. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it is. And and how, and, how do you reconcile and, that? Well, and the eight laws was really... It was just eight huge laws, for me. Next stars eight laws. Yeah, 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 that was huge because yeah. I mean that was like a big mo- monstrous aha. Um, you know, it's it's interesting you call them fun products and and they, they are a lot of times you know oh, they're dis- you know you know oh, we'll bring to you electrical upgrades let's yeah. say and we want to market some outdoor lighting or something of this nature and landscape lighting you know artwork lighting and you know that stuff is fun it's kind of sexy yeah. right and so we bring these ideas this this desire to do these these advertisements and you know this is where we have this this little bit of a give and take i don't think though that we bring you these ideas because they're fun i think we're just looking for as many opportunities as we can we're looking oh, I, all around the circle it, it comes from a good spa- spot yeah i would just the reason i bring this up and i'm sorry to interrupt you yeah, here, no, go but ahead. is is you know you're giving advice right now to an incoming marketer mm-hmm. and i'm giving advice to an incoming marketer too as you learn the business make sure you listen to what the business does well and try to get more of that Rather than something else, don't yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Fundamentals, blocking right. and tackling. Right. Cover that stuff. Be awesome at it. That's right. You know, get all of that in, and then if we're looking for more opportunities, that's where we might be able to have that conversation. Maybe. 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 Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But you know, what do they say in advertising? You get bored with your marketing long before the consumer does. Oh goodness, yes. And so, oh, is that so often true? you're sitting there looking. If I have to talk about maintenance plans one more time, or if yeah. I have to talk about preseason checks or drain cleaning, really, do I, drain cleaning, drain clearing. I'm bored with the whole thing. Can't I talk about something else? Yeah. Right. And yep. and you might your boredom might lead you into a a bad decision. Is I think that's that that is correct. You know, and and it's always been true. I've learned it early in my career. That when you live with an ad campaign behind the scenes long before consumers ever hear about it, when you start thinking about doing something and then what's that thing going to be and you hire an ad agency, ad agency and you start thinking about it and designing it and, and it, you know, so forth and so on, you finish it, you've lived with that thing for probably months. Right. Right? Right. And you're tired of it. Yeah. Time to move on. And, and do you think that and, – and so then what you do is you – know, what they say is idols, idleness is a devil's workshop. So if you're a little bit bored and you've got, you got a creative person – you got a, a person that likes to have impact. Now, could they start to mess with the recipe? You know, change the brand. You know, all of a sudden, you know, really worry about the font color and all this other stuff. That mm-hmm. I just wonder uh, if sometimes some marketing mistakes are just done out of boredom. Um, well, I don't know about changing the brand out of boredom. I'd have to think about that one. I've seen it, but. <laughs> Not from, from you, not from us. I was going to no, say, not from- yeah. Well, yeah, no. Well, okay, so that's fair. Yes, I have seen it in the wider world. I think we're, we are careful about that here. You know, I think we, we in fact, it's interesting because Melanie and I were just Wait, talking. You, can I just kind of, yeah, yeah. what I'm saying is if you've inherited a brand, yeah. you've come in as a marketer, an outside marketer, and you've inherited a brand look. Oh, right? I see where you're going and, with this. And yeah. all of a sudden, it's like you, you didn't have any stake in that. You didn't. Uh, why is the truck blue? Okay. Why is the guy have a stupid hat on? Yeah. You know? I this it could be so much better. Let's just tip the table over and start I, I over. I see where you're going with this, and here's what you're talking about. Okay, is that 
no marketer loves any work from the marketer that came before him. Right. Every marketer that came before him was bad and wrong, and I have to shred everything and start all over. When I was working at, I don't know if I should mention this, I was working for a large national company. We'll leave their name out of it. Okay. And they would change personnel, marketing personnel, about every six months. And just when you'd start getting some traction on an idea, the new team would come in, and they'd throw it all the way and start all over again. Right, right. And it was just ugh, painful. Yeah, that, and that's what and it I've, is. And I've coached members on this a lot. Right. Be careful that you, you're doing it for the right reasons, right? Right, right. And, and, I, and I, I, I will say that I'm proud that the strategic partners that we work with, and this is not a pitch for strategic partners, but I think one of the things that we've been careful of when we vet these people and that when we work with them closely, because we do work with them closely, yeah. is not doing that. Yeah. You know, being careful about throwing something away. Throw it away for the right reason. Or maybe only throw part of it away. You know, get, right. But not because it, there's no ownership. Right. Right. Be careful. I want to say this, and I, Ed, we've joked about this now. This is going to become like I'm interviewing you, but I'm I'm thinking through some of my own marketing challenges. Mm-hmm. And I've I worked for a large company prior to coming back to Nextstar, and there's a lot of marketers in that business, a lot of brand marketers for the different different companies that were there, and different people that were doing you know, involved. And I I joked that the best marketer was the man or woman with the loudest voice. Right, I've heard you say that once or Who twice. Who could carry a room with ca- passion and conviction? And I, what I found fascinating about marketing was it's all subjective. Now, we're not talking about if you're getting an ROI in a particular campaign that you can track, but the way a brand's supposed to look, mm-hmm. right? The color treatment, you know, a truck graphic. You know, there's a lot of this is subjective, oh, right? Absolutely. Do I, so, do I like this dog or that dog, or a dog or a kid? And people could could have the conviction of. You know, a traveling evangelist right. when it comes to a marketing idea. And to me, it was, you know, one was 51% better than the other. Right. You know, it wasn't dramatically different, like a math equation. It's either right or wrong. Right. And, and so I, but I, I would caution people that, you know, as you talk to marketers, try to ascertain if it's just being someone just being passionate about an idea. Right. And if they're just extra good at sales, they're extra good marketers. And that doesn't make any sense to me, Ed. Okay? I'm just going to say I get angry when I think about this. Okay. Maybe we should take a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but you were right, though. I, I remember when I was first started here, um, I was visiting with uh, an ad agency. And they were working with Nextstar at the time. And somebody asked me af- afterwards what their core competencies were. And I said it really is just one. His own confidence in himself. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And, and you know, really, that, and that was true for that, that particular ad agency. And, 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 a, and a lot. So, but, so you're, you're right. It's the person with the loudest voice. And, yeah. you, and I've heard you say this for years. And, and, it, and so much of it is subjective. And so, one of the things that, that we coach, one of the things that we teach, is really understanding that every consumer is different. And so just because you might like this color or, you know, and feel really strongly that this is the right color and all other colors are wrong, well, yeah, that may be true. For, that certainly may be true for you and for some group of people, yeah. but it's not necessarily true for everybody. Right. And so one of the things that, that I have traded myself on in, in this job is keeping an open mind on things because we, we are so much closer to the end consumer here. Right. You know, the, what we, the work we do here than when you're working for these large national companies yeah. and the primary thing you're doing is big television campaigns. And so yeah. You're kind of removed from the, the end user. And here you feel a lot closer. Uh-huh. You feel like, you know, and so it's important to remember that um, that there are, you know, a wide range of people out there that are going to respond to all different things. Yeah. 
Um, that's one of the reasons I, I, I'm so excited about the generational marketing guide that, that Melanie worked on this past year, that she took consumers and she said, yeah, here's, here's millennials and here's baby boomers and Gen X and the silent generation, and they're all very different. Mm-hmm. You know, they react differently. They, they, you, the, the ways you talk to them and where you, how you find them and where they are, how they interact with, these, with our categories, with our industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah, it is fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, I don't want to kind of start to summarize things. Okay. We, we've covered a lot of the waterfront here, okay. you know, with your background here. But um, just 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 gives a, a couple pieces of key advice. You're a, you're an owner, and you're working with your marketer. What are a couple things you'd make sure the owner always keeps in mind as you're working with the marketer? Uh, oh, that's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Um, so this marketer is your marketing manager. Yeah, your marketing say. manager. Okay. Um, you know, again, what we've covered, one thing is they've got to know the industry. Yeah, so and make your, sure they – You've got to follow the industry. You can't force something. Okay. You know, so, you know, so, the, so the marketing that you choose is what the industry will buy. Yeah, and so you're – as the, the owners, don't skimp on making sure they get the business. Right, right. right. Um, you know, be a holistic marketer. You know, okay. hopefully your marketing person is going to come to you and not just say you should only – if their background is just in the internet or maybe one part of the internet, okay. maybe, maybe social media. Okay. And that's their passion. And, you know, and they're going to say, well, we got to do this, this, this. And they, they might be right. They may have a lot of great ideas, and we want to listen to that. But they're also leading you down a little bit of a path that could be a dead end. Okay. Because you want to be a holistic marketer. Every part of marketing, direct response marketing, brand building, guerrilla marketing, internet marketing, they're all critically important. They play a role. So we need a... And they all build on each other, too. They interact with right. another. A great right. direct response program is part of a great branding program. Well, a great... If I can reword that. Yeah. A great direct... A direct response program gets better if you've got a better brand. Yes. Yeah. True. Right. Right. So, so your direct response works better because you've so, got a strong brand. So if I got a direct response piece as a consumer and I recognized your brand and, right. I, and I had favorable feelings toward it, I'm more likely to respond to that advertisement than exactly. I don't know who these guys are. Your Google results are going to be better if your brand is stronger. That's right. Because the company that people recognize is always going to have the advantage over you know the the people that I've never heard of before. Right. right. So this is all this is, that's what you mean by holistic. So being holistic, yeah. you know, and but being holistic so that they build on each other. Um, and thank you for bringing that up but also being holistic because each part of marketing has a different role and we want to make sure we cover all the roles got it you know we want to make sure we reach out to customers and generate demand um, when that's possible and 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 then also we want to make sure that we're there and catching the demand calls as they come in so and and there's different things we do for each right so if you hire a marketer that has one discipline and direct response or something that you run the risk that they'll they'll overdo it in that area and, and and underdo it in other areas of marketing. And that's going to be true of ad agencies, Very too. True. When you hire an ad agency, be really careful because they're going to tell you that you need to put all your money in the things that they sell. That's what they know. That's what they believe in. That's what they're passionate about. And that's where they're going to make their money. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be really careful with that kind of thing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, I think a third thing is, again, this is an unusual category um, for brand marketers like myself and that come from all different industries, you know, um, and you really need to know things that most industries would never consider marketing, like, you know, the call center being part of your marketing department, as okay. an example. Okay. Okay. So understanding that, embracing that, making that part of your plan, making that part of your thinking. Um, and, and the reason, the, the way in which the call center is part of your marketing, think about it this way. 
when you create an advertising campaign or you know all your marketing materials in, in, in total and it's, it generates a call, when that call happens, it's because you've created a belief. You've created an expectation about a company. And that expectation, that belief is either going to come real or is going to be a lie very, very quickly in the call center. In fact, I was telling a member mm -hmm. once not too long ago that as a consumer, I will judge your call center sometimes before you even pick up the phone. Because if the phone rings three or more times, I'm now starting to judge you. Things are swirling in my head. What's going on? Are they ever going to pick up? Are they too busy? Are they understaffed? Do they not care? All these negative things are swirling. So you're, you're communicating these messages to me, and you're actually taking these beliefs, this expectation that generated the call, and now you're saying, well, they're not actually true. And so now, now you have to fight a little bit of an uphill battle to mm -hmm. get back to even and win me over. Mm -hmm. Does, does that make sense? Sure. It absolutely does. Yeah. So the call center is part of your marketing. Your technicians are critically important marketing, part of your marketing. And the reason the technicians are critically important is because when, the call, when every single call is wrapping up, consumers no longer remember or care about whatever it is that you do, did that generated the call. They don't remember right. your website and they don't care anymore. They just care about the person that they called to the home that they just gave money to that solved the, the issue, the problem that they had. And it's that interaction more than anything else that's going to determine your repeat and your referral rate. Now, in the marketing world, repeat and referral is considered the best calls you'll ever get because they're very high close yep. and very low, if not no cost. Mm -hmm. So we want to really always build up repeat and referral. And a lot of that's going to come from the technicians. So again, understanding what marketing is in this category because it is so different from virtually every other category. Got it. Got it. It's, you, you've got to really be inclusive. You've got to, again, go holistic, but internally to the company, yeah, too. Yeah. It's right? just a different, it's a broader definition of what marketing is. Yeah. You know, we'll, 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 we're getting toward the, toward the end here, but, yeah. but I got to believe, Ed, in, in, that it's a, a, an amazing marketing challenge, that it's just a lot of fun in this category as a marketer. You know, it, it, I'm glad you brought that up because I have told more members that this is the greatest marketing challenge I've ever had and that, that they'll ever have. You know, when you think about all of the products and services that, you know, look around you right now, all the things that we could be marketing right now, electronics, cars, you, know, yeah. you know, food, beverages, yeah. clothing, hair, you know, yeah. health and beauty. Ibuprofen. Yeah. All of it. As, right. as an example. As one good example. Yeah. All of these things are, are fun. There's, there's an audience for most products and services. Yeah. There's not an audience that wants to call most days a plumber, heating, and air, and electrical company. So that makes it an extraordinary challenge. Having said that, I have had more fun and been more satisfied. F having figured this out mm -hmm. and figured out how to make marketing work in this category is one of my greatest accomplishments. Wow. And, and, and I'm, I'm just so proud of the work that we've been – all you know, my, the team that I work with – and the members who yeah. the sophistication of the members today is just off isn't the chain. It, isn't it different? It's, it's amazing. It's, it's ridiculous when I think about how members were thirteen years ago, yellow pages and truck graphics. Yeah. And today, the marketing managers they have working for them, their needs, what the, how they understand marketing, yeah. how they embrace it, yeah. what they're willing to invest in it, getting ahead, writing marketing plans. All of this was foreign. Yeah, it's all thirteen new. years ago. Yeah. yeah. And and even though I can't necessarily take credit. For, for so much of this, the, the increasing sophistication of members is probably my single proudest thing that yeah. I've been associated with here. Yeah. 
Well, I guess tell you, for a marketer, you know, coming into this industry to, to work for a company like a Nexstar member, you're going to do so many things. You're going to learn so much about business. You're going to learn so much about different kinds of marketing, yeah. right? You're, gonna, you're really going to get exposed to almost everything, yeah. right? It's just a great opportunity. Yeah. And you're right, Ed. I mean, this stuff, if I look back on on how our industry has is, is you know, really just been transformed hmm. over the last 26 years, and, and marketing is clearly one of those areas that's really, if you step back and looked at it, and go, wow, yeah, it's is this like different? Night and day. It's awesome. And thank you for all you've done, Ed. Yeah. You've done an amazing job here at Nexstar. Well, With a lot of you. members, thank you all the time for the expertise you've shared and how you've grown through it, that you didn't come into Nexstar, and I think this is another lesson for marketers as we kind of wrap up here. You weren't inflexible. You didn't know it all. You brought your experience, but you put your ears wide open, yeah. and you listen to smart people. And a lot of our owners are great marketers, yeah, amazing marketers, yeah. world class, really. Yeah. And, right? I, and, and I we do listen it, to them, and, and I'm purposeful about doing that every day. Yeah, I listen and and always keep up with the possibility that there's something I don't know yet. Well, that's a great advice, and yeah. I think if we if we end on any note, from a marketing perspective, that's it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, Members have taught me a lot. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Ed. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks, Jack. And thank you all for listening to this awesome edition of Leadership Lounge. I'm Jack Tester with the amazing, talented Ed Carrier, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you.